are still having fun with the hottest lots, newest live table games, and your best bet in sports betting. Only at Indiana Grand Racing and Casino. We're still the one for fun. This is David Diaz, former WBC lightweight champion of the world, and you're listening to The Grueling Truth. everybody to a special edition of Inside Boxing Weekly on the Grueling Crew Sports Network, brought to you by ReplenishingCareTechnologiesInc.com and Power Plus Mouthguards. Today we welcome to the Grueling Truth one of the authors of Intimate Warfare, the story of the Gotti Ward trilogy. Help me welcome to the show, John Raspani. How you doing, John? Doing great, Mike. How are you doing today? All right, and we'd be remiss if we didn't mention Dennis Taylor, who also wrote the book with you. Oh yeah, Dennis. Dennis is first on the book, and he deserves to be. Uh, he he did some a lot of the biography part. I did a lot of the fights, so it was a teamwork, and it was seamless, and it was a total blast to write this book, Mike. All right, so let's just start off. I mean, what drove you guys to write the book, number one, and then where did you come up with the title, which is a great title for this book? Uh, it was my idea to write the book. Dennis came up with a fabulous title of Intimate Warfare, and the reason was is, is uh, why I came up with the idea, what popped in my brain. I was actually driving to work, work graveyard in those days, and it is a, a talk about the grueling truth. It was a grueling drive, and it was late at night, and my brain was wandering like it tends to do. And I thought of those, I was thinking about those two guys for some reason, probably because I think the day before I had watched, watched those fights. You know, you never get tired of watching those fights. And I thought to myself, you know, there, there hasn't been a book about them and the fights, mostly just about the fights, because they were so amazing to any boxing fan. So uh, what I did is I, I pulled off the road and I called Dennis, uh, Dennis Taylor, co-author. And I said, hey, Dennis, because uh, him and I had been, kicking ideas around about a book. And I said, why don't we write about Arturo Gotti and Mickey Ward and their fights? And he went, oh, I love it. And, and, and that's it. And within a few days, he came up with Intimate Warfare because we kept talking about how these guys were blood brothers, you know, and how close they got afterwards. And, and when he mentioned, when he said Intimate Warfare, I go, that's it. That's the title. So it just, it took on a life of its own. We wrote it pretty fast, but I'll tell you, Mike, it was, it was, a, it was a real... Uh, uh, a pleasure to to write about those two men. Now, the thing that stood out to me in the book was actually the very start of the book, where you dedicated. I mean, it struck a chord mm-hmm. with me. You guys, both you and Dennis, dedicated the book to your fathers. Um, mm-hmm. You want to talk a little bit about your fathers and how they played a big role in your love for boxing? Yeah, Dennis. I, I believe when when he wrote about because he's a little older than I am, and he was talking about watching boxing in the late fifties with his father and the impression because it was always a bonding thing, you know, with your dad and my dad, uh, um, his brothers, uh, my grandfather. Uh, they were all big time boxing fans, and all all of them came from Chicago. So Chicago was huge in boxing back in my dad's day. You know, Rocky Graziano fought Tony Zale there, and Joe Lewis won the title there, you know, and go on and on and on. So uh, that was the first thing that popped into my mind when I wrote about it was to talk about how my dad had saw his idol, Joe Lewis, win the title and knock out the Cinderella man. And the, the whole, as I, as I wrote about, the whole way he got there, 
at his age, you know, he wasn't even 10 yet, to get in there, and they let him in. I mean, that, that, it was romantic size in a way, the whole story, but it was the truth. And th- that was the thing with Dennis and myself both, is that we bonded with our fathers over boxing, and the stories that they used to tell us just wowed us. And, it, I mean, I think they passed their love of the sport on to us. And I passed it on to my son. So I, I think that was what, why we decided to write it or dedicate the book to our fathers because they were really the reason that we both got into uh, boxing like we have. And the foreword of the book by Ray Mancini, I don't think you could have got somebody better to write a foreword for Intimate Warfare than Ray Mancini. Yeah, he, uh, Dennis asked him, and he said, oh, for sure, and, and he, he did it all. He wrote it all. It was beautiful, and, yeah, he, he understands it. See, that's the thing, you know, about this is we can write about it, we can talk about it, but getting Ray Boom Boom Mancini, who was in a lot of wars in his uh, career, fast career, um, he obviously had a ton of respect for Gotti and, 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 and Ward, and, and so – yeah, getting him was was like almost a bro- he was like a brother of those two guys. So uh, we were we were so thrilled. He agreed right away to do it, and he did a fantastic job. So you know we were just very lucky. I mean you know we had, we were we were taking chances. We did this, and then boom boom, and it was it just things just kind of fell into place. So trust me, Mike, we have been uh, thanking our our lucky stars for quite a long time now. Well, and the thing that really impressed me by reading the book is I saw the movie The Fighter, which was about uh-huh. Mickey Ward, which I'm still right. disappointed they didn't include the three with it. But uh-huh. when you looked at that movie, a lot of sports movies, I mean, especially I wrote an article about Rudy and uh-huh. all the things that were actually incorrect, all the characters uh-huh. they added just to make the story interesting. But the yeah. one thing that struck me is the fighter from reading your book was probably about as dead on as any sports movie I've seen that was supposed to be based on a true story. Yeah, yeah, that was. And as, as I think you might know, uh, I think Mickey Ward was a little upset at some of the portrayal of his mom a little bit, but that tells you a lot that it was true. And the sisters and the family and, and his upbringing and, and the way his, his mom managed him, and his, the relationship with his brother, yeah, that was, that was all uh, uh, true and portrayed very accurately and very, not harsh, but, you know, the truth is the truth, and, and that's what we want to see, you know, the good and the bad. And, and uh, uh, so, yeah, when, when we were writing that book, and Dennis was writing a lot of that part, um, when I read it, I was wowed again, even though I had seen The Fighter, like you're talking about, knew a lot about Mickey Ward, but... Um, that was an incredible uh, uh, upbringing he had, and then you know the flip side with what Gotti had. But Mickey Ward, I mean, he it, it kind of explains sometimes where this toughness comes from. These guys, you know, they they start in these environments that are they're, that are so so rough and tough, and they they have to constantly prove themselves, and and, and they all they, they seem to always have that heart, you know, and and that was certainly true about Mickey Ward. Yeah, Mickey grew up around drugs in a rough neighborhood, which took down yeah. a lot of people in his neighborhood. Yeah. What do you think made Mickey Ward different from his brother Dick Eklund and a lot of other people in Lowell, where he didn't yeah. go and submit to the life with the drugs? You know, he had his he had his moments where he would where he would do a few things. I mean, we've all done crazy things, but you know, I think the key with Mickey Ward are two things: dedication and discipline. 
Uh, he loved boxing, fell in love with boxing. Now, a lot of guys fall in love with boxing. That's cliche, but he was so disciplined about it. He, he, the funny thing is, is that he also, he, he, when he started his career, he was more a boxer. You know, we think of him as a slugger, but he was a boxer when he was younger, boxer puncher, more boxer. But he, he just had that, that ability to focus that uh, uh, not everybody does. And, 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 and as every fighter will tell you, the mental aspect of the game is so important. And he had it. He, he knew what he was. He grew into more of a slugger. He had that incredible left hook to the, to the, to the rib cage that permanently left a scar on Gotti's ribs uh, right there, like I, like I wrote in the book. And, and uh, uh, he just, you know, some people just have that extra little bit of, uh, like I said, discipline, and they, they won't allow themselves to fall. They, they're tempted. They might dip their toe in it, but they come back. And that was him. You know, he... He always knew where he was going, even when there were problems going on with his family. Uh, his thing was, he, he, earlier, before he fought Gotti, there was just a frustration that he had never really got a real shot. He was put into these bad fights with these guys. Yeah, but so that he, brings he just, my other question. I don't mean to interrupt you, but this was my next question. I think this plays into it really good. But from uh-huh. reading you and Dennis's book, from watching The Fighter, the thing I took away with it was Mickey Ward's relationship with his family was so close that he maybe let them do stuff that wasn't always in his best interest right. and maybe hurt right. his career more than helped it. He did. Yeah, he did. That's right. And, and he, he, Mickey's a great guy. You know, he's a super nice guy, very easygoing guy outside the ring. And, yeah, he, 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 he had that thinking in a sense that the family – ran, set up the fights, and he, he, he was the boxer, and he trusted them. You know, you're supposed to be able to trust your family. And, and even though he knew that th- these fights were bad, and, and uh, some of them, but he, he still, the loyalty part, uh, he's a very loyal person, uh, uh, caused him to make some choices and go along with some things that obviously weren't the best for him, but that's Mickey Ward in a nutshell. I mean, he's very, a very, very loyal person to his family. So that was another thing that touched us, you know, with the, that loyalty aspect. Even when things are bad, that loyalty maintain, maintained itself. So uh, that was Mickey Ward, very loyal. So when you talk about boxing or any sport, usually you can find what drives an athlete from their early lives. And we talked a little bit about Mickey's upbringing. Could you compare and contrast maybe Arturo Gotti's upbringing and just tell us maybe some of the differences, some of the similarities that kind of brought these guys together? Well, you know, Arturo was, his upbringing was a little easier in a sense than Mickey's, but it was still hard, but he, he was a natural athlete. You know, he had more talent, I think, than Mickey Ward. And, and when he, he fell in love with boxing, you know, his brother was a boxer, Joe Gotti, and the boxing, just, just like uh, Mickey Ward again, there's the connection. Dickie Eklund obviously was his half-brother, but Arturo was in a boxing family and uh, uh, mostly grew up in Canada, but uh, uh, he got into the sport and he was a natural. He, 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 he had it. You know, he had charisma. He, he could fight. He was a crazier guy, though. You know, he, he, he had problems <laughs> early in his life. Uh, but uh, his talent, again, always seemed to save him in the ring, and that charisma thing. He, he, was a, he looked like a, uh, a kind of like a rock star or a movie star, you know, Italian good looks and everything. Women loved him. And, and so that, in a way, that was what 
was so interesting about Mickey and Arturo was in a way they were they were similar, but they were opposites. You know, Gotti was more flamboyant. He was a kind of kind of self-destructive at times. Where Mickey was a little quieter. And, and but, but you put them in the ring together, and their similar determination and desire to win, and and basically say, "Look, you're going to have to kill me to beat me." Made those is what made those fights so so incredible. You know, like dynamite, two pieces of dynamite running into each other, and that's what. Uh, uh, they both said, basically, like, God, I felt like I was fighting myself. And I always thought that was an incredible quote. You know, you feel like you're, my God, I, mean, how did, I didn't think there was another one of me. Did they clone me or something? So, uh, you know, it's just one of those deals where you, you take, sometimes like you, you know, almost like a man and a woman, they're totally opposite. But when they, when they get married, it all works. And it's in this sense, they were, they were different. But when they got in the ring, there's similarities as far as, like I said, guts, determination, all that stuff, completely, they fed off each other. So that's what made their fight so incredibly competitive. Now, you talked about Gotti and his rock star life. I think a lot of people have heard about that. So I would mm-hmm. say that when people talk about that, that they're not really leaving anything out that he really did <laughs> live that way. Yep. Yes, and the yes, thing that's impressive is how long his career was, because usually people that live like that, their careers don't last, you know, a decade or more. Yeah, and considering how many wars he was in. I mean, before the, uh, the, fight with Mickey, the fights with Mickey Ward, he had been in a lot. His, his fight with Ruelas, where he was knocked down, looked like he was done, and then he knocked Ruelas out. He, he was on the edge so many times earlier in his career. He was looking, looking like he was going to lose. I mean, he lost twice to... Yvonne Robinson, and, and people were like, oh, he's done, and then he came back. He was, just, he, he was just like the Energizer Bunny in a way. You know, he seemed like he always kept going no matter what, and, and, and not just knocking him down. I mean, even in his own, in his personal life, when things he did, self-destructive things he did, he, he got past it. And, and again, I think that was just because of his talent. You know, some people, they have that talent that they can, they can rise above their own Fall, not fallacies, but their flaws, their own flaws, and rise just because their talent is so is so good. Not that he was great, but he was good enough and versatile enough as a boxer that he was almost. It would almost be like he would be reborn. You know, he would lose a few, and then he'd come back and he'd win, and he'd win a title. So he'd get killed by Oscar De La Hoya or destroyed by Oscar De La Hoya in a fight, but he'd come back again. You know, he was just. He was like a. Uh, uh, Mickey Ward called him uh, Michael Myers a lot. You know, he kept getting up. You know, he kept coming back. So uh, uh, he, he, was, he was an incredible person, no doubt about it. Yeah, the fight that always stood out to me, and the first time I really noticed him, I think, was the Wilson Rodriguez fight, which mm-hmm. I've never seen anybody look more done and come back and win mm-hmm. a fight. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I mean, exactly. the fact was, these guys did that all the time through their careers. Exactly, yeah. That's right, so, and, and that is a lot of guys do it maybe once or twice, but they don't do it as many times as them. And that's what, again, made them such standouts as far as that. And that's why, again, here's something, Mike, that the reason that the, the cover of the book is in black and white is on purpose because we, we wanted them, uh, they reminded us, they're throwback fighters, both of them. You know, they're like the 1950s, you know, where they're, it might start off where there's a little science involved, but you know, by the second or third round, forget the science. We're just, we're going mono a mono here. So that's, again, that's what made it 
so incredible when they got in the ring. Nobody really expected that. They did expect a good fight. They didn't expect what, what happened every time those guys got in the ring. Yeah, and I think it was the second or third fight. HBO actually started off the broadcast in black and white. That's right, and that was very good, and that was very accurate. Because and, 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 uh, that's what I thought, too, back in those days, because I watched all three of those fights. And yeah, you think them, of, like, Carmen Basilio and Gene Fulmer. Mm-hmm. Right, Tony DeMarco. You know, uh, all those guys, uh, Italian, uh, uh, Irish, uh, tough, tough guys, and especially Carmen Basilio. That was the one I always thought about, too, and Gene Fulmer is another good example. Uh, uh, that's exactly – they would have fit right in there with those guys. They, they would have been in the ring with them. They would have battled them. They would have brawled with them. And, and they're, they, again, they would have been like blood brothers because they were so similar. Um, and uh, the Italian-Irish thing was another thing. Since I'm Italian and Dennis is Irish, you know, we played off that a little bit. So uh, uh, it, was, it was just uh, um, incredible uh, to, to watch those fights again, Mike. And, you know, and that's what I did. I watched them again after so many. I watched bits and pieces of them for years, but I watched all three fights again, wrote about them fresh so that my approach would be totally fresh now versus then. And that helped me a lot because, you know, you miss some things. And watching them like the way I was doing, it really brought it even more to me, to life, and hopefully the – the reader uh, really got into it like I did when I wrote it. So when you wrote about the fights, you and Dennis, mm-hmm. um, what was the process you went through then? You talked about watching the fights again, but, I mean, the fight scenes in the book are very descriptive. You guys do a great mm-hmm. job on it. I was just wondering mm-hmm. what your process was, how you went about writing those sections. Well, Dennis pretty much left me alone on that, and, and I did that because that he said, well, John, look, that's your specialty. You know, you write about boxing all the time, so I'm going to leave you alone. And, and I came up with that idea that I thought, look, I'm just going to uh, sit here uh, and watch these fights. I watched them first, took notes. Then I watched them again and started writing about them while they were going on, like I would have done at the, if I had been uh, in the media area at ringside. And then I went back and, and tweaked it a little bit and watched parts of it again. And the idea is always to try to make the reader feel like they're there. You know, when something happens a number of years ago, that, and so that's what my goal was. Look, I want you to be there. I want you to feel like you're, you're at ringside with me as I'm writing about this, because that's always the approach I take when I write uh, uh, ringside uh, uh, description, when I'm ringside for fighting. And I'm glad you said that, because that, was, uh, that it was good, because it, was, it took a lot of work. But it was another thing that was just uh, a lot of fun, a lot of work, but uh, uh, thankfully it worked. So, you know, thank God for that. I know. That's why when we write our articles, recap and fights, always make Jeremiah do it because it's a lot of work. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. yeah, it is a lot of work. <laughs> so with Jeremiah do it. He's more of a writer than I am. I'm more of a talker. Um, so the thing that really impresses and really makes an impression on you with Ward and Gotti is the fact that they went like that for three fights, and then uh-huh. in the end, they end up best friends. And, I mean, just uh-huh. to sit there, I mean, talk to Mickey Ward guys about that friendship had to be special. Yeah, you know, and, and uh, uh, Dennis writes so eloquently about when, after the third fight, when they're both in the hospital. You know, they don't know it. Yeah. And uh, Mickey asks, sees, no, hey, you got a friend here. And, and or Arturo says, hey, how you doing, Mick? And, and I, I just thought that was so epitomized those two guys that, yeah, they almost killed each other when they fought, but they really liked each other. You know, they really admired each other. There's no, none of this animosity that goes on sometimes in boxing that's either fake or whatever. And sometimes guys don't like each other. We get that. But 
there was so much respect between the two of them. And that last hug, you know, that they, when they embraced, I mean, I'll admit, you know, I, I was crying too when I was watching that. I, 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 that's about as close as two men who try to rip each other's heads off can get. And, and they are the ones that really get it. We, like, like we talk about, we write about it, we watch it, we get it in a way, but really it's really about them. And uh, that's what touched us. Again, back to the, the book, what touched us so much about it was, was the bond between those two guys. And, you know, Atur, uh, uh, Mickey Ward is still devastated that Arturo guy died, and, and, yeah, like he did. And, and um, uh, he misses him terribly, and I think the boxing world does too. Yeah, and the way he went out is I don't think anybody that's seen him fight or from the people I heard that knew him, I don't think anybody believes that he did that to himself. Yeah, that's that's what a lot of people think. I mean, you, you never really, you know, you, trying to understand what why people do things is, is almost impossible sometimes because sometimes they project one thing and do another thing with the guts that that man showed with the determination, with everything. It doesn't seem like he could have and then where it happened. And, and again, you know, we wrote about that together and we, 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 we will never know what happened there. But I agree with you. It seems very unlikely that he would have went out like he did and that's what made it even more tragic. And he, he wasn't here very long and that, that was really hard to write about. And then watching him being inducted into the Hall of Fame, you know, you just you wish that, after all that, that this guy was there, his daughter was there, his mom was there, that was sweet, but you wanted him to be there. You know, you wanted to applaud for him one more time. Yeah, and it makes it even worse because his daughter is there and her dad is not. Yes, yes, it was, it was heartbreaking. It was really heartbreaking to watch. And I mean, he'll live forever in the annals of boxing, but still, for, his, for him to be there with his daughter would have just been incredibly, incredibly uh, touching. Yeah, and I know a lot of people make the claim that maybe he shouldn't be a Hall of Famer, so what's yeah. your take on that? Well, you know, I wrote about that in the book, too, and, and I, I, uh, I enjoyed writing about that, and, and I, uh, I certainly believe that he deserves to be in there, and, and it's because he wasn't a great fighter. It's true. If you just say you've got to be a great fighter, he doesn't deserve to be there, but there's more to it than just being a great fighter. The memories that that man left in boxing – the blood he left on uh, in uh, in the arena, the the determination, the guts, everything, all those fantastic um, entertainment that he gave boxing fans, you know, all of that is part of it too. It can't just be he's great or he's not great. It can't be that black and white, in my opinion. So that's why you know we, we, I said, look to Dennis. I go, look, I want to write about this because it's controversial, and he said, go for it, and. Uh, um, there just was something about him that, that, to me, felt like he deserved to be there. Uh, not because he died young. That wasn't the motivation. Some people thought that. It was just about the performances, the effort, the guts, all of that mixed in. And, again, the memory, those three fights, and a number of his fights, not just those three. That, for me, was enough. And he was a champion. So. Yeah. Nicky wasn't. Turo Gotti was a world champion a couple of times, so he deserves, he deserves it. So that's why that was, that was uh, in a sense, an easy one to write up, Mike. All right, John, I just want to tell the listeners, you need to go get this book, Intimate Warfare by John Raspani and Dennis Taylor. Um, tell everybody where they can get the book, and then also tell them where they can find your other work. 
you can get the book on Amazon. You know, that's the best, best way to go, uh, uh, Amazon.com. You just go on the website, and you just type in a little uh, area right there. You type in, in Intimate Warfare by Dennis Taylor and John J. Responding, or just Intimate Warfare. Type in Intimate Warfare, you will see the cover of Mickey Ward and Arturo Gotti going at it, like we all remember so much, black and white, like I said, and it's right there. There's, they've got like 15 copies available right now, and, and uh, that's the best way to go. I wouldn't say the publisher. I think it's easier to go through Amazon. Uh, you can find my work. Uh, I'm the lead writer, uh, uh, webmaster, whatever you want to call it, at www.maxboxingbot.com. I've got a, two or three other guys writing with me now and uh max you know we try to do updates pretty daily and i write a lot of features because that's my thing i like to write about the fighters even people fighters that people have never heard of doesn't matter to me if 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 it seems like it's interesting hopefully i could write it in a way that makes it interesting so that's that's where i'm at www.maxboxing.com all right, John, I want to tell our listeners, if you're listening to the show, if you go to the, to the gruelingtruth.net, you go to the link on the show on our website, at the bottom of that, there'll be a link to Amazon to buy the book. And also, if you go to our Twitter page, at gruelingtruth, I put up a link a couple hours ago where you can go on, click it, and buy it there also. But, John, it was great having you on the show. Like I said, the book was outstanding. You and Dennis did a great job on it. And there's also some good photography in there, too. Do you want to give a shout-out to your photographer? Oh, God, yes. I'm so glad that you said that. Ed Mulholland is one of the best in the business. He does boxing, basketball, baseball, hockey. He does so many things, and we were so lucky to get him. That is his picture, of course, on the cover of the book, and Ed is one of the nicest guys you ever deal with uh, in your life about things, and and no ego. Uh, He was thrilled to have his picture on our book, so yeah, that that just, again, was one of those lucky things I was talking about, uh, Mike, where we got that picture, and the minute we saw that picture, we went, yep. So, uh, uh, yeah, Ed Mulholland, he, he shoots for HBO. He's the main photographer, and, and he's just an incredible guy. So, uh, we, again, we were just very fortunate to get him. All right, once again, John, you're always invited back to the Grueling Truth whenever you want. You need to sit in with me and Jeremiah for one of our weekly boxing shows coming up. Anytime you guys want, just let me know, and I'm there. All right, I want to remind everybody, check out RepletionCareTechnologiesInc.com. Um, check out GridRMO, another sponsor, um, and Power Plus Mouthguards. You can catch all of our shows on iHeartRadio, Google Music, Spreaker, Stitcher, TuneIn. Anywhere you find sports podcasts, you'll find The Grueling Truth. So for John Respani, I'm Mike Goodpaster. You've been listening to The Grueling Truth, where the legends speak. Amazon is hiring near you. Looking for team members who know that their work is important and that every package matters. Find a job that fits your life with competitive wages, reliable hours, and benefits. Let's work together from boxing it up to sending it on its way. Every step offers a different role and schedule. So are you ready to work together in your community? Visit amazon.com apply to see what's available. That's amazon.com apply. Amazon is an equal opportunity employer. Introducing Peacock, the new free streaming service from NBC Universal. It's hit movies, current shows, live sports, trending bits, and timeless hits. And that's why you can't not watch. Peacock, watch for free, upgrade for more. Stream now at PeacockTV.com. Law and Order SVU streaming now.